You know what I just watched? Me pulling a can off some moron's fist? Return of the Jedi. Didn't you hear me? Caitlin is really getting married. What did you like better? Jedi or the Empire Strikes Back? Empire. Blasphemy. Empire had the better ending. I mean, Luke gets his hand cut off, finds out Vader's his father, a uh, hand gets frozen and taken away by Boba Fett. It ends on such a down note. I mean, that's what life is, a series of down endings. All, all Jedi had was a bunch of Muppets. There was something else going on in Jedi. I never noticed it till today. They build another Death Star, right? Yeah. Now, the first one was completed and fully operational before the Rebels destroyed it. Luke blew it up. Give credit where credit's due. And the second one was still being built when they blew it up. Compliments of Lando Calrissian. Something just never sat right with me that second time around. I could never put my finger on it, but something just wasn't right. And you figured it out. The first Death Star was manned by the Imperial Army. The only people on board were stormtroopers, dignitaries, Imperials. Basically. So when they blew it up, no problem. Evil's punished. And the second time around? The second time around, it wasn't even done being built yet. It was still under construction. So? So a construction job of that magnitude would require a hell of a lot more manpower than the Imperial Army had to offer. I bet they brought independent contractors in on that thing. Plumbers, aluminum siders, roofers. They're not just Imperials. Is that what you're getting at? Exactly. In order to get it built quickly and quietly, they'd hire anybody that can do the job. Think the average stormtrooper knows how to install a toilet main? All they know is killing in white uniforms. All right, so they bring in independent contractors. Why are you so upset at its destruction? All those innocent contractors brought in to do the job were killed. Casualties of a war they had nothing to do with. All right, look. You're a roofer. Some juicy government contract comes your way. You got a wife and kids, the two-story in suburbia. This is a government contract, which means all sorts of benefits. Along come these left-wing militants and blast everything within a three-mile radius with their lasers. You didn't ask for that. You have no personal politics. You're just trying to scrape out a living. Excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, what are you talking about? The ending of Return of the Jedi. My friend here is trying to convince me that any independent contractors who were working on the uncompleted Death Star were innocent victims when they were destroyed by the rebels. Well, I'm a contractor myself. I'm a roofer. Done and ready home improvements. And speaking as a roofer, I can tell you a roofer's personal politics comes into play heavily when choosing jobs. Like when? Three weeks ago, I was offered a job up in the hills. Beautiful house. Tons of property. A simple reshingling job. They told me if I could finish it in one day, I would double my price. Then I realized whose house it was. Whose house was it? Dominic Bambino's. Babyface Bambino? The gangster? The same. The money was right, but the risk was too high. I knew who he was, and based on that, I turned the job over to a friend of mine. Based on personal politics. Right, and the next week, the Foresi family put a hit on Babyface's house. My friend was shot and killed. Didn't even finish reshingling. No way. I'm alive because I knew the risk involved in that particular client. My friend wasn't so lucky. Any contractor working on that Death Star knew the risk involved. If they got killed, it's their own fault. A roofer listens to this, not his wallet. Alright, and away we go. Welcome everybody to this level of All Up In Your Geek, the best hour of your week. You're welcome. And with me as always... Money here, live, on tape delay, holiday Google everywhere, from the Muppet Ship. One, two, one, two, three. And this is Captain 
Flash Rodman, piloting the SSS Ninja Bitch mode, setting your course for fun. And this is Lou, a.k.a. Puerto Rican Judo, coming to you from the All Up In Your Geek studio. Hoping you all had a very, very Merry Christmas. And by the time you hear this, a Happy New Year, too. And with that, let's geek up. Saddle up your horses. All right, so we got some emails. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to will. Emails, indeed. All right. Season's greetings, geeks. Hope you're all enjoying the holidays with your loved ones. I have two very simple questions. What's your favorite holiday movie? And what is your favorite holiday tradition? Thanks. Hashtag love the show. Hashtag geek up. Hashtag oh my God, you killed Kenny. (laughs) Signed, Leisure Suit Harry. Wow. Whoa. A short one for once yeah <laughs> my favorite holiday movie that's a damn good question ah it's sort of a tie between two i think i think a christmas story is probably my all-time favorite holiday movie however as i get older and it becomes more classic home alone is is making its way into the you know, the, the, the rotation of money holiday movies. I think earlier on, it, what couldn't have been considered a classic. So mm-hmm. it was A Christmas Story. And I still love A Christmas Story. I mean, every time that fucking thing is on, I'll watch it. But like I said, as Home Alone becomes older and grayer and more classic, I'm not sure anymore. Hmm. What about you guys? Hmm. Go ahead, Bob. Well, yeah, I mean, those are those are all fantastic picks. Um, you know, <clears> the <throat> the Christmas story. I mean, is I mean, is fantastic. Look, it's fantastic. But yeah. I, I watched it a shit ton growing up. And I mean, if I'm flipping through channels, I might watch it a little bit. But I'll be honest, I, like I think I've seen it too many times, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a little bit burnt down on it. You know, um, but I definitely like. Um, the Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase is oh, fucking yeah. hilarious. I love watching that, and I watched that this year. And then I think the other one that started becoming a newer trend, and I'm kind of on board, is uh, and I did watch this year, um, was Die Hard. Is <laughs> making Die Hard my my new Christmas uh, uh, movie and tradition. Um, I mean, I that's one of my favorite uh, action movies of all time, and. I'm totally down with watching it on Christmas. It is kind of like a Christmas movie, so done. I I figured that would be one of your answers. Did you see the new? I think it's a Nissan commercial, but there's yeah. a, a no, car it's for the Diamond battery. Yeah, no, I saw no, that. That was awesome. Yeah, for the Christmas vacation, they got all of the people, Chevy Chase, and all of the oh, the stars. Shit. No, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the Die Hard battery with Die Hard commercial. No, no. So you should Google it. It is. Okay. It's a Christmas vacation. It's a car commercial. I'm, I'm guessing Nissan, although I only saw it once. But they got all the people from back in the day, a Christmas vacation, and it's awesome. That's pretty cool. Oh shit! I'm definitely gonna watch that. Yeah. How about not your- that any of 
recognizable. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? But, right. You no, know, the little boy in <laughs> a Christmas vacation. Although I don't think I saw Randy Quaid. Oh well, that's he. He was like he's uh, like yeah. the star on the tree. That guy. <laughs> yeah. How about traditions? Well, what about we? Well, we didn't go through movies oh, for you. You know though. what? I didn't go through my movies. Right. Uh, well, you know, I would definitely agree uh, with Bob on Die Hard. I think that's probably. I don't care what anybody says. It's a great movie altogether, and definitely a Christmas movie, in my opinion. Yippee yeah. ki motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but you know, I. I have to say that it may not be just like Die Hard, not a traditional Christmas movie, but certainly takes place during the holiday season. The original Gremlins movie. Yes. Wow. Yes, that but, is a good one and correct. Yeah, yes. I, I love that. That's one of my favorite movies. And, I, you know, I recently, since we've been in quarantine, watched uh, the movie with my kids and they loved it, too. Um, so I, I that that takes the cake for me. I, I love that movie as a kid and it still holds all these years later because it was just as enjoyable watching it as a, a 42 year old man yeah, agreed great movie. great movie yeah so for traditions you know i don't know growing up my grandparents were still alive and my family was was much closer knit than it is these days mm-hmm. now you know a lot of them have moved away my grandparents passed on and it, it almost seems like we don't really have those traditions anymore, which is it's, it's very sad for me. But, mm. of course, we're creating new ones now with my kids and, and my family. But it, it's just not the same, you know what I mean? So, I, I don't know. I'm going to almost have to take a pass with favorite Christmas tradition because we're sort of in the process of creating new ones. And the old ones, as sad as it is for me, are, are kind of dead and gone. Right. Well, um, for me, uh, my, my great grandfather, uh, worked in Fulton fish market in New York and, um, every year for Christmas Eve, he would make, um, lobsters Mm. and, um, and he did that for years and we even have him on video, you know, like cutting the lobsters, getting them prepped. Um, and he did that, you know, well into his nineties and, and then my, you know, my grandmother kind of took over kind of making the lobsters. Then my mom kind of took over and kept that going. And then this year, my brother, you know, with my nephew, you know, they, they kind of drove up from Florida and my brother kind of had my nephew cutting the lobsters. So that's sort of like a tradition that we've always kept and we always kind of do every Christmas Eve. We have, we have lobsters. So, so that's kind of one of the, the cool ones we've kept going. Oh, that's cool. My, yeah. My grandfather also owned a fish market when he was alive, you know, way back, way back, probably in the sixties. Mm-hmm. So fish was always a big part of, of our Christmas as well. But since he's passed on, nobody really picked that up, unfortunately. And I miss it. I miss it dearly. Just the, Yeah, the that sucks, dude. Was, yeah. It, was it different fish or was it one type of fish that you would do just for the holiday season? No. So he would make this seafood salad. It was scongeal and octopus and oh. scallop. Everything. Everything you could think of. It was, it was heavy. Nice. Heavy in a bowl. <laughs> that, that, it sounds like heaven in a bowl. You 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 hit all the key words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was incredible. It was amazing. And one of my cousins this year took a shot at it. Mm-hmm. But again, I didn't get to experience that. He sent me the pictures, but I wasn't there for it. So right. Well, you know, we split. Or since we've been married, um, my wife and I kind of split 
Christmas Eve and Christmas Day because her family celebrates Christmas Eve and mine always Christmas morning. So, you know, one of the one of the traditions that we had that, or that she has that I just, you know, I guess by marriage kind of fell into is, you know, at midnight, you know, everybody opens the gifts. We take turns and, you know, there's after you open the gifts, there's like a I don't want to say a cocktail hour, but it's like dessert because you have a late dinner and you open gifts and then there's dessert. And my mother-in-law makes hot chocolate, but like from scratch, like Peruvian hot chocolate. And nice. it is absolutely delicious. Um, so I, I think <clears throat> that's the one tradition that you know, I, I kind of fell into that I really enjoy. Um, and one that I've started with the kids is, is, I don't know if I, I don't remember if I started last year or the year before, I tried to make a traditional Puerto Rican dish for Christmas dinner every year. Nice. Yeah. Ooh. And they helped me make it. Like, you know, this year I did um, uh, pastelillos, which is, if you ever had a, an empanada, it's yeah. it's that except we fry it. So we have the same type of dough and we put the, you know, the filling in it and we, you know, fold it and crunch it the same way, but we deep fry it. Um, but I did everything from scratch, including dough. So I made the dough from scratch and I kneaded it out and the kids helped me do it. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I wish we did something like that. And maybe we'll have to start this year wrapping Christmas gifts, Christmas Eve night. The kids are sleeping, waiting for Santa. We lose fucking power. That sucks. Probably, I don't know. I'm going to guess between all of us, between my wife and myself and all the kids, probably 40 gifts in the fucking pitch black. Oh, that's miserable, dude. Yeah, it was fucking. Yeah, I I can't believe that, man. That's just awful. It sucked a big fat dick. Well, you know, I, I got a text message Christmas Eve in the uh, maybe early evening, about five, six o'clock. And uh, our great sponsor, the High Hill Gamer, texts me that it, she also, uh, out in her neck of the woods, lost power while cooking oh. Christmas Eve dinner. So oh. she was not even able to continue prepping or she was prepping as best as she could in the dark. And luckily, I, I want to say a few hours, you know, after that text, they got the power back and they were able to finish it up. But it's Good terrible. For them. We didn't get power back until seven o'clock at night, Christmas night. Oh, so we were basically without power. You know, we we do the same thing. So we normally do Christmas Eve with my family mm-hmm. and then Christmas Day with my wife's family. Right. So, like, like I said, my dad was sick this year, so we didn't get to see him. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas morning, we wake up, we do the gifts. You know, we let the kids, usually my wife will take them to church. I don't do the whole religion thing. Mm-hmm. And then at some point mid-afternoon, we normally head over to her parents' house, which is sort of what we did this year, except I stayed back because we live in an area where we sort of live on the downslope of a hill. So we had all that snow the week before and right. it was all melting. Christmas Day was like 75 fucking degrees. <laughs> yeah. And because we had no power, my sump pump in the basement wasn't pumping out the water. So we oh. had five inches of water in our basement Jesus on Christ. top of no fucking electricity. It was, it was really just a fucking miserable day. I mean, it was great. The, the Christmas itself, the kids, the family, all that was great. But just the circumstances around it, surrounding 
Christmas this year were just like, really? Come on. No, like, I... Mother Nature's got nothing better to do than fuck with me. <laughs> right. So... No, I understand. I, I, the two, not, not, uh, not, yeah, it was last week? No, the week before Christmas. When we had the snowstorm, I lost fucking heat. I didn't have heat for like four days. So, listen, I, I'm chalking it up to 2020. That's it. <laughs> there's nothing yeah. left. There's nothing else I can do. <laughs> yeah, we, we did the same thing. We were just like, what did we expect? Christmas yeah. in 2020. No electricity. <laughs> right. <laughs> perfect. You know, you, to a you, perfect year. You guys yeah. should start a new tradition now, and every year you should wrap all your gifts in the dark. <laughs> just turn <laughs> off the light. <laughs> yeah, hey. yeah, I can't find my mic. I'm busy that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Well, uh, well, thank you, Leisure Suit, Leisure Suit, Leisure Suit Harry. There we go. Wow. Thank you, Leisure Suit Harry. All right. Well, gentlemen, that email was brought to you by the new novel from R.S. Stanker, To Conquer a Mountain, the exciting tale of one man's road to redemption, available now at Amazon.com. Boom. Boom. Yeah. So one of the things I got for Christmas this year was my PlayStation 5, even though I got it about a week and a half before Christmas and I had to unbox it and make sure I wasn't getting scammed and it worked and all that good shit. <laughs> and what I've noticed since playing it is that I feel like we're going to have less hardware issues this time around because the thing is quiet as all fuck. I mean, it, it sort of goes through this rotation and maybe like once every half an hour or hour that you're playing, you'll get maybe eight to 10 seconds of, of you can hear spinning and whatnot. You could hear what's going on. But then right. after that, it's just, it's, quiet as a fucking mouse which we're not used to from sony and even more important than that the thing doesn't generate any fucking heat you know everyone's bitching and moaning about how big it is and it's true it's fucking big i'm not you know i'm not gonna argue against that mm -hmm. but mine is sort of like in an entertainment center so you don't really see it yeah and it doesn't generate any heat <clears throat> So you can put your hand next to it. You can feel a little bit of heat coming from it. But, you know, with their past iterations of this console, this th that fucking thing, I mean, you could cook your dinner on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe this time around, Sony, and I can't speak for Microsoft because I don't have a Series X, but maybe what they did was put more into the hardware to hopefully have less hardware issues, you know, put bigger fans or more... Uh, higher quality fans in right. and you know keep the problems that were causing the last ones to overheat mm -hmm. to a minute and i know you guys are definitely more active in the whole internet facebook scene than i am considering that it's non-existent in my house so what is the general consensus now the thing's been out for what about seven weeks and Hardware wise, have there been a lot of issues? You know, outside of that initial period where people were saying it was overheating and then some of it turned out not to be overheating, it was people being stupid and like vaping on the system and the fan was blowing the smoke up. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were some reports of overheating. There were some reports of disc read errors for those systems that had the, you know, the drive for it. Um, there was some memory issues i know we discussed someone who used an external drive that wasn't licensed and it ended up you know breaking the system um outside of those things which were within if i remember correctly those were within the first week week and a half i've not heard anything else about either system 
And were those issues fixed through a software update or were those systems just crap? Were the, you know, do you I know think if those might have just been defective systems. The one that bricked was bricked. And I don't know what the resolution to that one was. I hadn't heard about it after. I know that the owner of that system was a YouTuber and he was working with Microsoft. I'm sorry, with Sony to try to get it fixed or replaced. But I don't know what the outcome was. I see. I know two people who have PlayStation 5s that immediately hooked external hard drives up to theirs, mm -hmm. and neither one has had any issues. I'm not chancing it because I have enough storage. So I'm curious to know if what the feedback is, if anybody listening to this has any of their own experiences mm -hmm. with you know, defective hardware or even something as simple as hooking up an external hard drive and, and it is working or it's not working or whatever the case may be. I'd love to hear about it. I don't know about you two fuckers, but I'd love to hear about it. I would certainly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm still a consumer and I don't have either one yet and I'm planning to potentially get both of them. So I would love to know what, um, you know, what some of the hardware or software or whatever issues they're having are before I buy it so that I know, just so that I know. Um, cause I'm still split. I, I could go either way with which one I get first. I don't know if I'm going to get one before the other or buy them both at the same time later next year. Um, I've not decided, but you know, judging by, like I said, judging by my backlog and the fact that my backlog grew over Christmas, <laughs> I've got plenty of shit. Right. Yeah. There's definitely most of the stuff I'm playing is, is PlayStation four stuff. Anyway, I really yeah. just want get it and, and have my kids experience that unveiling of the the new console generation yeah which as we've gone over in the past they've loved but i did want to point something out lou you had brought mm -hmm. it to my attention that one of our longtime listeners arcadio yes was heading a group of of people and correct me if i'm wrong here because i only got bits and pieces of the information from you but they were he was heading some sort of a group who was purchasing playstations was he also doing it with xboxes i don't know mm -hmm. well i wouldn't say i wouldn't say it was a group um i know what he was doing was if he got an alert from someone that he knew who worked somewhere that the shipment was coming in he was letting people know ahead of time so that they could get to the store i don't know i only know of certain instances where they were able to secure a system or two well, he okay. he himself. I know some of his other friends have been successful as well. I wouldn't say it was a group, but you know they were certainly um, not fans of the um, you know of people buying them and then charging way way more than what they paid for it just to turn the profit. So they were doing it just at what the retail cost was. I don't know. Like I said, I don't think it was a group. I think he you know knew people who were looking and were just letting people he knew or they knew know hey listen this is what we got if you're interested i see well i i wanted to definitely address that on air and say what an awesome thing to do to go out of your way to help people during especially a holiday time sure just a great yes. thing to do well well done sir i, I knight you i knight you <laughs> sir arcadio <laughs> Indeed. No, that's it was definitely a, a really good thing. Not not just during the holiday season, but just, you know, given the circumstances of the pandemic with people who are out of work and not are and they're not able to probably pay for one normally, let alone double yeah. the price of one. Um right. it yeah. was it was definitely a good a good holiday gesture. Yeah. Well done, sir. 
So, guys, what do you think of this? Cobra Kai Season 3 was supposed to release on January 8th, but it's fucking coming on New Year's Day. What do you think? Love it. Yes. Yes. Thousand times yes. Good stuff. Sweep my leg. <laughs> Give it to me now. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fucking ready. <laughs> yeah, Let right? watch it now. I I read I read that news was to, today's Wednesday. I read it on Monday and I immediately told my wife and my children this is what we're doing Friday. <laughs> we're going to be watching yes. Cobra Kai all day. And uh they were pretty stoked. So that's great news. Yeah. I thought what a what a cool announcement. What a, a cool thing to do. I think I think companies should do this kind of stuff more often. You know, you, you yeah. can't see that when they're planning to release whatever it is, a video game or a movie. On whatever date, I get it. There's promotion necessary. But right. with something like Netflix, where nobody's going out and buying Netflix for Cobra Kai Season 3 on January 8th. You either have it or, you know what I mean? It's already there. Right. I think that's an awesome, awesome gesture. Awesome thing. It's a lot of fun. Very exciting. And I know in the grand scheme of things, it's no big deal. But it sort of feels like we're all on vacation from work and we have extra time and New Year's Day and I don't know about you guys, but New Year's Day is kind of like a, I don't know, a, a blah holiday. It's not even a holiday. It's, not, it's just yeah, it's another. Not, it, it, literally, yeah. what, what New Year's Day is, New Year's Day is a recovery day from New Year's Eve. That's what it, exactly. that's what it is. That's all it it's, is. It's for you to get over your hangover. <laughs> yes. So that the following day you could go back to work. Right. That's well, it. Let me, let me correct you, sir, because New Year's Day this year is fucking Cobra Kai season three. Hell yeah. Yes. Indeed. Oh, 2021 is already better than 2020 because we got Cobra Kai season three, day That's one. Right. That's right. So it is indeed a holiday this year, thanks to Cobra Kai season three. No mercy, that, bitches. No yeah, mercy. Is all I got. All right. Well. If that's all you got, talking about TV shows, this is the portion where money takes another nap. Bob, <laughs> Mandalorian. Yeah. Holy bro. shit, bro. Bro. Oh, this, my God. Th this cannot... What happened in this finale? It cannot be overstated. This has shook the, the world of Star Wars. Absolutely. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a step further and say this, this has shocked the entire world. The entire Indeed. world who watched Indeed. The Mandalorian was shocked. People who have not watched Star Wars in years but heard about this was fucking shocked. It was a masterpiece, masterfully done, and... I, I cannot say enough about how great the season was, but specifically that finale. Absolutely. Uh, well said. I 100% agree. Um, the, the, first of all, I mean, the, the, the season was fantastic. I mean, we were, I mean, it was fantastic. Better than season one, which is saying a lot, because I still thought season one was, was very good. Yep. But it's better than season one. And what we have done, and what maybe a lot of people don't even realize, is that we we have we have righted the ship, we have turned the corner. You know, you have to understand, 
I mean, I mean, Lou, I know you feel differently about the sequel trilogy, and that's cool. But I think for a lot of Star Wars fans, me included, mm-hmm. fucking Star Wars was on life support. It was on. It was fucking on life support. And the Mandalorian came along, gave it a little bit of a jolt, and now season two has fucking resurrected this franchise. And now mm-hmm. we are we, we are on the right course with Favreau and Filoni at the helm. We are now entering a fantastic new phase of Star Wars headed. And now the, the possibilities are endless. There are endless now. And what we're getting and what they've announced, mm-hmm. I, I mean, really has the potential to be some of the best Star Wars we've ever had. And it all started with this show with the Mandalorian and and it was it was epic. It was epic and you and, and it will as, as Vader said it, it will be a day long remembered uh for uh, and really what what this what this has done, you know, for the fans and for, you know, yeah. hardcore Star Wars fans like me, it was really I mean it was a dream come true. You know, I will say as far as the um the most uh, recent trilogy is concerned that I enjoyed the movies and I know that we had a, a lot of back and forth about it, you know, when, especially with the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when the rise of Skywalker came out after watching these two seasons of the Mandalorian, looking at their lineup, having already watched the clone wars animated series. And I just finished rebels. Yes. There was definitely a lot of shit that was left on the table as far as what they could have done with those three movies. Yes. Um, and I'm not even going to go through all of that because that's not really the basis of my uh, of me saying this. I, As a Star Wars fan, I'm conceding that while I did enjoy the movies because they're Star Wars movies and I love the Star Wars universe... Looking at what they did with characters like the Mandalorian, like Cara Dune, and even Mayfield, pales in... um, Those characters came to life in a way, on a miniseries, than three full motion movie, or or motion picture movies could capture the character of Rey. Absolutely. And and I'm absolutely. not and I'm not I, against Ray. I like the character Ray, but they get they didn't do a good job of giving that character depth. And exactly. the depth that they gave just the three characters to name a few and th- just this one show is what? outstanding. It is outstanding, Lou, and you're one hundred percent correct. And and yeah, I wanna I wanna back what your statement is that, you know, I, I wanted to like Ray. I wanted to like these movies, but they, they were, and they said it themselves. I hate to say it, but they, they said it themselves. They had no clue what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They had no concrete outline of where they wanted the story to go. It was all up in the air. They made it along. They made it up on the fly as they went along and it showed. And that was kind of like my, you know, what I was trying to point out at the time and what we've kind of confirmed now is that they, they had no plan. They, you know, I wanted to like Ray, but I couldn't. Because it was uh, what they had for her to me didn't make any sense. It didn't add up. It was it was clumsy and lazy, and it had nothing to do that she was a woman. I want to st- stress that that I'm t- and and I will point my finger exactly to the character of Ahsoka, 
who is now one of my favorite Star Wars characters Agreed. of all time, as a woman, as a Jedi, and and I'm pointing it out for a specific because this is the difference. You have Rey on one hand, and you have Ahsoka on the one hand. One character who was poorly handled, and another character who was masterfully handled. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the difference. And here's the thing. Not only was the character of Ahsoka so masterfully handled, it was handled in a way where an animated character is now in not only in canon, but now getting their own series as a spinoff to this Mandalorian show. I mean, it's right. It's unbelievable. They, they don't need to make any more Star Wars movies right now, as far as I'm concerned. If they put all of this focus into Disney Plus and LucasArts or whatever the fuck it is that they're doing here, if they continue yeah. to produce this caliber of show with Obi-Wan oh, yeah. and everything else that they've got lined up that we talked about uh, two weeks ago, this is a recipe for success. It absolutely is. Uh, the quote of phrase, this is the way. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down. I honestly, I've, I've noticed myself more and more kind of leaning towards the, you know, towards the, the, the TV, the, the long format, the episodic storytelling. I I seem to, cause you could really flush it out. You could really build up characters. You could really show depth. And, and, you know, now that we have these streaming services that are so readily available and easy, you know, easy to access and, and to kind of uh, enjoy at your leisure, I am 100% down with, you know, sticking to, to these shows. You know, I don't really need any other, you know, trilogies, you know, because uh, what we have right now is some of the best Star Wars we've ever had. And and really, uh, you know, and, and that's why this finale was was so huge. And and I guess if you haven't seen it, I'm going to say spoiler. Um, you should have seen it by now. Hell motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to have and the reason why we're making a big deal about it, D-Money, because I know you're falling asleep over there, um, is we had the return of uh, Luke Skywalker in his prime, prime Luke Skywalker uh, made a, made a fantastic appearance at the season finale of The Mandalorian, and what that what uh, Filoni and Favreau did for Luke Skywalker in five minutes was more than the the three fucking uh, almost three hour movies. Of the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. it it absolutely it redeemed his whole fucking character. It it rejuvenated the whole Star Wars fan base. It it uh, fulfilled one of uh, hardcore old school Star Wars fans, you know, wish and dream for years and years to see a you know a fully trained Jedi Master Luke Skywalker in his prime kicking ass, being the hero that we always wanted him to be, it gave us that moment. And and if you've seen any of the reaction or followed any mm-hmm. of the, the, the coverage, as I have, you had grown men in tears. Yep. In tears watching this. I literally, I literally... Joke now. Yep. <laughs> I literally but, saw a grown man watching this clip, and yeah. the minute he saw the green lightsaber, he was in tears. Yeah absolute tears he could not believe it and it didn't even take me that long the minute that they said hey an x-wing is flying in i was like get the fuck out of here there's no way no fucking way (laughs) oh dude it it was you know i didn't think that uh initially because 
you know, they had shown the the Trapper Wolf guy and the other, you know, X-Wing pilot guy. So I'm right. like, oh, I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's one of them, you know, and, you know, and then we saw like a cloaked figure and I'm like, oh, well, maybe, you know, you know, maybe it's just maybe Soka coming back. But, you know, the minute the minute you see the green lightsaber, you know, the minute you see the gloved hand, you knew it. Mm-hmm. In, in all honesty, it was, you know, there, there was some heavy excuse me, some heavy rumors that, you know, he was going to be one of the Jedi to answer the call. He was one of the three people that I, that I had in my mind. I honestly thought though, that I thought they were going to go with Ezra. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I thought they were going to have, you know, have it be him uh, answering the call. My second choice was Luke Skywalker. Um, But I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if they'll ever do that, you know, but that was my second choice. And then I had my third wild card, which was like, you know, Mace Windu, because there's a lot of talk about them yeah. bringing him back as well. So I thought, you know, he was sort of the long shot. But I was sort of leaning towards Ezra because, you know, he's another one of Dave Filoni's, you know, uh, characters from the animated series Rebels that, you know, I, I think I think they will bring back because it's unresolved what happened with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to you know, when you see the, you know, the gloved hand, the green lightsaber, we were like, oh, shit, shit is going down. I, I will be honest. As you know, I was watching it early that Friday morning. Yeah. Um, I did. I did get misty. However, after I I witnessed what I saw, I did watch. I wonder if I watched the same video that you did because I was watching one of the the YouTubers that I follow, and his reaction was, I mean, yeah, like so crazy and emotional that. Him getting emotional actually made me emotional <laughs> watching his reaction because I thought it really summed up all the the frustration and the disappointment right. that we had for all these years with this franchise and to have one of our, you know, one of the, the, you know, the most beloved characters, if not the most beloved characters come back finally in a way that we always wanted to have that moment was, you know, it, again, it was emotional and seeing other people get emotional made me cry. And I, I will be honest that that made me cry um, because it, it, I think it really just what everyone would. Thank you. Thank you. The money. I will take it. Um, <laughs> we'll take it because it because it really it really was an ultimate culmination. And now we have an outpouring from fans and everyone who kind of jumped ship on Star Wars coming back into the fold. And really, it was it's really was fantastic to see because after Rise of Skywalker, and last Jedi, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I think Star Wars is kind of done. You know, I'm like, I'll, I'll still be here because it's me. But I think for most mm-hmm. people, like Star Wars is over. So I, I was kind of ready to kind of uh, pull the plug. But it's back, baby. Let's get ready, D-Money. You're going to be bored to tears coming up in the next yeah. weeks and years. And, <laughs> and, we, and we got a nice little... um. A nice little, uh, I guess, a teaser at the end of the episode after the credits for one of the yes. shows that they didn't even announce that Thursday uh, when they announced all that lineup. We're getting a book of Boba Fett, which is going to be, I guess, a spinoff Boba Fett series. And I, I, yeah. I'm just like, hell yeah. I, I want it all. I'm, I'm going to put that right next to my book of no thank you. <laughs> right. No, and I mean, this is, and and like I said, uh, you know, this, this has really been amazing. This has really been, I think, fantastic for the fans. You know, he was another character who, you know, I mean, was definitely uh, in the in the films. If you only watch the films, is kind of a guy who didn't do much and kind of got punked. 
But, you know, over the years, you know, fans really loved him and he got built up in expanded universe and comics and books and everything to where he became another fan favorite. And, you know, that's somebody else who we always wanted to see in live action, you know, you know, uh, treated, you know, uh, the proper way, you know, kicking ass. And we and we got it. And now we're going to get, you know, this, you know, I think it's going to be a limited series of Boba Fett. But we're going to finally, you know, get to see that, which, which, uh, you know, down. I mean, this is I mean. We're checking like Absolutely. every box, every fan wish list. We're, I mean, Filoni and Favreau is like check, 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 and it is like amazing. I mean, you now, have no fucking complaints from me. Now, Zero. Now, Bob, I do have a question that I've been waiting two weeks now to ask you. Yes, and I'm curious on your on your outtake on it, your opinion on it, because I found it interesting. <clears throat> so. Uh, Mando and Moff Gideon have this great epic fucking fight with uh, mm-hmm. Moff Gideon using the dark saber and Mando using the Beskar staff, which I thought was fucking amazing. It was short, yes. but it's exactly what it needed to be. So Absolutely. he beats Moff Gideon, he brings him in alive, and Lady Bo-Katan will not take the dark saber from him and it's revealed that he, she can't take it from him because it has to be one in battle right right now given and this is another spoiler given that in rebels yes the dark saber was given to her um oh what's what's the what's the other yeah. mandalorian's name i'm sorry sabine yeah. right Sabine Wren, there was no battle. There was no nothing. She, she said, "You're this is why I have it so that I can give it to you." And she and and Bo-Katan was like, "Okay, yeah." That's, so now, that's no, and that is one hundred percent a good point. And I, I, I was absolutely thinking that at the time. And even though I don't do research, I did research on that because that is a burning question I had as well. So did I. Um, right now, there's no definitive answer. However, I did uh, I did read a couple of um, theories, and one made the most sense to me is that after she accepted the dark saber from Sabine uh, by not following the tradition of combat, if you look at the timeline of events, basically the Empire totally obliterates the Mandalorians and totally blows the shit out of Mandalore itself to the Mm -hmm. fact that it's a scorched wasteland. Right. Basically, this guy's theory was that Bo-Katan realizes um, that since she didn't follow tradition, since she didn't follow the rules, bad shit happened to the point where now she will not make that mistake again is that she has to follow the tradition. She has to win it by combat to avoid the catastrophe that happened uh, right. when she didn't follow the rules. You, and to me, that makes a lot of sense. You so and I, I think you will get... You and I uh, must have been reading the same shit because <laughs> I yeah. came across that article too because it was bugging me because I, yeah. I finished watching Rebels after... Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, after Mandalorian. So when that happened, I was like, wait a minute. So I immediately started um, looking up things and I found that theory and I was like, okay, that that's probably the one that makes the most sense. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, more than likely you will get a Mando versus Bo-Katan fight. I think the good news is I don't think they have to fight to the death because 
Right. You know, if if Moff Gideon got it from Bo-Katan and both of them are still alive, right. you know, I guess you just got to win it. You know, you don't have to fight to the death. So, right. no, 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 no. Mm. What you two jerk offs fail to realize is that when the dark saber was gifted over without combat, it was Thursday the sixteenth. And when a Thursday falls on an even number day and the moon is in waxing gibbous phase, the rules do not apply in the Star Wars universe. You're welcome. Wow. But which which moon was that, though? It was the waxing gibbon phase of the moon. Which moon? I, the mo- Mandalorian's third moon. What the fuck do you want from me? I don't create Star Wars. Mandalore doesn't have three moons, bitch. Are you sure about that, now that it's a scorched wasteland, they gain two extra moons. Yeah, they probably have six now. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, you know what, man? I I agree a hundred percent, Bob. This was a great fucking season with a great end, and there's so much potential things to look forward to, like what's gonna happen with the dark saber, what's gonna happen yes. with Moff Gideon. Um, now mm-hmm. we got Boba Fett splitting off. What's going to, how is the training uh, between Luke and Grogu yes. going to work? And are they going to show that in the Mandalorian? Or are they going, are they now working towards a Luke Skywalker series where we see all of this stuff that happens um, that leads to the, you know, the next, the, to the most recent trilogy? I, I don't know. No, I, I don't know. Yeah, those are all good questions. And like I said, there's tons of, tons of possibilities, tons of different ways we can go. What I was texting you the other day um, at somebody, uh, another one, a uh, YouTuber that I follow sort of proposed this idea. And to me, I, I thought it was amazing is that that now uh, with everything that they've done, and everything that they've set up, you have the potential to um, to kind of, if you want, transition into two of the greatest storylines in the expanded universe, now legends. One being the Thrawn trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, because because look at where we left off with Rebels. Right. We got Thrawn in the you know in the outer regions with Ezra, and I don't know anyone who's um, who can now return. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he can return with Ezra. And if and if anyone who read the the Thrawn trilogy know that uh, Thrawn sort of had a rogue Jedi with him to sort of assist with battle meditations and and right. all that stuff. So you could potentially have that be Ezra do that whole trilogy of, of books. Um, and then, you know, which I think they're going to kind of lead up to with the with Ahsoka, I agree. Uh, the Republic Rose and and the Mandalorian. You know, they could all kind of come together to, to fight Thrawn. So that's one awesome storyline you can do. And another one you could also do is that the whole reason that you could have Thrawn return and want to prop up the Empire is that in the outer regions, he got a taste of the fucking Yuzhan Vong, which is, mm. you know, an alien fucking race who are immune to the force. Right. And they were so fucking dangerous that, you know, shit went down and shit got real. So you could you could potentially go into that storyline as well. And those two were the best legend storylines around. And now you can, you know, do a very you don't have to do the same exact thing, cut or paste, but you can do variations on that. And I mean, those can be your new you know trilogy of movies. To yeah. me, which would be fucking amazing and fantastic. And you can bring back, you know, all those expanding universe characters that we love that kind of got wiped out. You know, you can bring them back or do, you know, riffs on it. 
to me, I mean, this is an amazing time and the possibilities are really endless. So I'm really looking forward to what's to come. Agreed. Good for you guys. Yeah, really? I'm, I'm super excited. Like I, I'm, I'm so excited about the potential of all of this stuff happening that I not, I have put together a list of Star Wars books to read because um, I've got a I've got a shit ton of them here, but I read them already. Uh, but I've okay. not <clears throat> I've not uh, kept up with some of those series, so I want to make it a point um, to get more get the books now that revolve around this whole Thrawn thing. There's several, but I know that there's a there's a trilogy of books to read first and then the other ones are just kind of spin-offs and one is like a prequel to how Thrawn came to power. Um so I I, I want to kind of check those out. Uh cuz most of the stuff I read is like old republic shit. You mm-hmm. know like with Darth Bane and the rule of 2 and stuff like that and I love that storyline. Yeah. yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah. So, all right, moving on from Star Wars. I want we didn't get a chance to really discuss and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it cuz it's not it was a lot different than last year but the video game awards from a few weeks ago <laughs> game of the year was Last of Us 2 that it won over <laughs> it won over Animal Crossing, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, uh Final Fantasy 7 I think was in there the remake and then um Last of Us Part Two, and they Last of Us Part Two kind of fucking clean house. They got yeah, best won a performance. Lot of yeah, they got best performance. I think they got music too. Best narrative. Um, I'm trying. I'm looking through here real quick to see what else. Do 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 do. They won. They, they got at least four awards. Innovation. Um, so I mean, they did very well, and they ended up winning. Now, the whole presentation of the thing, I found it interesting because you know they operated under the same guise of everything else. No, no crowd, so there was not really an audience. It was just you know the presenters of the awards, and then anybody who was nominated on big screens behind them. And I kind of thought it went, I kind of thought it went better. They did. They had a few performances. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Because they were bringing it via satellite. Yeah, they were bringing it. <laughs> it. I thought it went better that way. Um, it seemed to have a flow to it. The only thing that I didn't like is they didn't treat a lot of the awards with yes. any type of favor. You know, like it was with certain ones they made a big deal about. But then there was a series in the middle of the show where they did like best role-playing game, best strategy game best fighting game and uh best audio and they did them all together you know and those right. are, those are t- typically pretty big categories so instead of doing it individually like they have in the past it was like best audio last of us 2 best role playing game final fantasy 7 remake which is bullshit anyway um yeah best strategy was you know microsoft flight simulator best player's voice ghost of tsushima best fighting uh, Mortal Kombat 11 and that is how they did it they said it just like that they ran it down like it was on a list and then they cut to something else um, so that was something I was not a huge fan of do you think people will ever come back to this crap I mean next year when they do it and they're going to allow people in do you think people are going to go uh, yeah I do. yeah I think people will always go but uh, yeah I think I agree with you uh, Lou um, 
I definitely liked the, you know, I thought the, the snappier pace I thought was good, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, just kind of cutting out some of the, the, the fluff. But but yeah, what pissed me off, too, was like the awards were really like an afterthought. It's like it's like, yeah, best this is this best that is that and best. All right. All right. And it's like, well, what, you know, what the fuck? Like, I, exactly. The, the, this is called the video game awards. And to me, the whole show kind of just felt like, hey, check out this cool new game coming out. And it's like, dude, that's fine. But. Don't call it the video game awards, though, because that's not really what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, but the, the one thing that I did like is that they they had a pretty decent amount of game announcements, and yes. a lot of those announcements were were new IP. There wasn't a lot of remasters mentioned. There were a few, but not a lot. Um, and no repeat games like they weren't talking about Call of Duty for next year or Assassin's Creed for next year or all of these titles that we're used to seeing every year that, you know, kind of, you know, regurgitate from year to year. There didn't seem to be a lot of that. There was just announcements of games that were coming. Um, and I thought that that was really cool. Um, you know, the other thing, the one announcement that the, in the beginning that I liked they're adding Cloud and Sephiroth to uh, Super Smash Brothers. I thought yeah, that was pretty that, cool. Yeah. Well, they they already I think they already had Cloud, but um, yeah, Sephiroth definitely was like huge, and that was a pretty big surprise for sure. Uh, one that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe doing it backwards or in reverse would be better instead of revealing all these new IPs and all these new previews of games to come under the guise of a video game awards show which nobody really gives a fuck about because i don't know who's determining these awards anyway what about doing it the other way around what about having this big game preview show every year and throwing in the middle of the you know the, the two games that we're previewing oh and by the way last year's score of the year goes to this game you know, because nobody really gives a fuck anyway. No, I honestly, I think there's more people that give a fuck about the awards than you think. Really? I, yeah, that's, that's why they do. Them. That's why they do it. They make money off of that shit. People want you to see that. So many people cared this year, Lou, that no one showed up. Well, you can't show up if they're not selling tickets, dumbass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um. No. I think that there, there there are people who do like the award ceremony, who do like um, the, I don't want to say, for lack of a better term, the thrill of watching, you know, one of their favorite games win awards. It's the same same thing as right. movie awards and everything else, if you're into that. I don't but, right, but that's what I'm saying, if you're into it. I don't watch it, I don't necessarily watch it for the awards. I'm not too interested in the awards with the exception of a couple of categories that you know tickle my fancy um but i'm more interested in the shit that's coming so i agree with you in that aspect which is you know what e3 used to be so yeah if they can have something like that but do it the way e3 used to be when we used to get excited about it i'm on board you know i just i never stood why You play a game or you watch a movie or you read a book or whatever the case may be. And this movie, you have whatever the opinion is, opinion X, and you need that reinforced. If I play this game and and that game, for whatever reason, was the 
best experience I ever had playing a video game, mm-hmm. what difference does it make what the masses think of it? What anybody else thinks of it? I, I, don't, and th- I don't think it's a matter of the masses. I think, you know, just like with a sports team, you want your team to go all the way. And even if they don't win and people shit on your team, you're still going to be a fan of that team. Um, but there are people, there are gamers who are fans of different developers and different companies and yes. actors who do the voices. There are people who want to see these people succeed. So from that aspect, I get it. I I, I, I don't take pleasure in saying, oh, this person won. This is so great because it doesn't, it's good for them and it doesn't benefit me. But like if, for example, if one of you guys was a voice actor in a video game and you got nominated, I'm like, hell yeah, D-Money's getting this fucking award. Woo! You know what I mean? Right. But I think that's a poor analogy. <laughs> Give it to Flash Rodman. <laughs> I think that's a poor analogy with a sports team because the thrill in, in following a sports team is the journey. It's, it's not necessarily – I mean the ultimate goal at the end is to win whatever championship is there for you. But when you look back on it, it's the ups and the downs. You think your team's the best, then they're the worst. They they lost this game that they should have won. They won this game that they had no chance in. And you have all those experiences to take home. Right. Whereas with a game, it's just released and played, and then that's it. There there are no ups and downs. There's nothing to follow. There's nothing no, nothing tangible there. No, I mean I mean you're right, but I think what Lou was kind of pointing at was that is is that when you become you know when you're really into a game and you, you know you sort of or a company. Uh, basically you just you're really like invested and i think the video game awards show is sort of a way to kind of get you to watch the, the whole thing because you're like oh shit you know when you know if the game that i'm invested in the game that i'm a big fan of you know i want to see it you know get that award that sort of invests you in this shitty show and kind of forces you to watch to the end because you know oh i don't want to see if it wins the award or not I you know, I mean, the, hey, look, the other <clears throat> the other thing is that you have categories like best ongoing game, right? Where and these are typically multiplayer games that people invest stuff in. And you know, this year was a very close and tough category. And the minute I heard Fortnite was announced, I'm like, that's it. Fortnite's winning. They didn't win. No Man's Sky won over Fortnite. No Man's Sky, which was trash in the beginning, and to see where that mm-hmm. game has come from, from where it was to what it's become to win this award, for people who were playing that game, I'm sure that has to be a really good feeling. Yeah. I, I don't understand why, again, if you like an experience, that why you need that to, to be reinforced by what other people think. But I almost bought No Man's Sky because it did look really, really cool. It's actually and, free on Xbox. I just haven't had a chance to play it. Okay, well, I would be super interested to play that, but that's neither here nor there. My point is, if I like an experience or I don't like an experience, and we've all had that. We've all liked the game that nobody else likes and hated the game that everybody else loves. Mm -hmm. I don't understand what somebody would get from knowing that a whole bunch of other panels or writers or whoever comes up with these awards agree with you what that matters. It feels a big ad. No, I get it. But I mean, you've got, this has been going on for years. This isn't anything new. PlayStation or Xbox, Nintendo or Sega, Pepsi and Coke. Right. It's just, like, yeah, it's just a fanboy. So. Yeah, that's it. Well, right. But what, what kind of argument is that? People suck dick in an alleyway for years and that's still going on. Does that make it good or right? 
Well, it depends, I mean, I, on, it depends I, on where I you are. Good, I think for some people, you <laughs> yeah. know, I feel like we're probably the minority where we don't, you know, we don't give an airborne shit. But, you know, I think other people do. No, I, I certainly think that there's merit to what you're saying. Because I, I, cause I, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not watching the awards to get that level of satisfaction. I just think it's cool that they're... They, they're rewarding these people who make these games and tell these stories in a way where the fans can appreciate it too. Because they're buying it, and, and that's a level of appreciation because they're buying it. But they're also being recognized because the awards are coming from people within the industry who do shit like we're doing, but at a higher level, who are reporters, who run podcasts, who work in the industry, and their peers are recognizing them. So I, I, it's more for the companies. Just, just tell me honestly that you were not stoked to find out best eSports coach of the year. <laughs> tell me you weren't totally down for that. It's my award. favorite category. <laughs> I, would like, I would like to hear from somebody else, somebody who's not an asshole. Why they? Because nothing but assholes here, D Money. <laughs> Why they are invested in a video game award show or a movie award show or the Grammys or the Tonys or whatever the fuck else awards you watch or care about? What about the awards? What do the awards do for you? What about them is appealing to you? Once you've experienced content in any form why you need to have that recognized on a larger scale to justify your position on it. The why, so I, I, are you, are you here. talking about the person watching? Yes. Yes. I'm talking about the person watching the award show. Why anyone would waste their time doing that. I'd love to hear it. I really would. I'm not being an asshole. I'm not crapping on anything. I'm really, I don't get it. It's like superheroes. I'm not crapping on superheroes. I just don't get them. I don't well, understand I don't, it. I, I don't think it matters what explanation you get. You're not going to get it. Uh, but I'd like, but I want one. I want to hear why I want to understand it. I'm trying to educate myself. I'm trying to put myself in, in that person's shoes and go, Oh, okay. You know what? I could see that. If, if you can't put, if, if you can't understand that someone just wants to see something that they invested in win, I don't know how else to explain it to you. Like, that's really what it comes down to. It's either going to be because they have invested in the game and want to see it succeed, or they just want to see what new shit is coming out for the new year. That, that's going to be, those are going to be the two reasons. Well, that mm -hmm. makes sense. Seeing the new shit makes sense <clears throat> to me. Yeah, because that, I mean, it's a show. So part of the entertainment mm -hmm. of the show, outside of the orchestra and, this, and stuff like that, is what's coming, what's in the works, what does Studio A have, what does Studio B have. Um, you know, what's developer X doing? And, mm -hmm. you know, those are the things that, that people are looking for also. So I don't think it's so much about the award. I think it's cool to watch people who make games win awards and get nominated for awards because for so many years, video games were just scoffed at and laughed at like, oh, you play video games? Ha, you're an asshole. And, you know, right. it's become such and a... You're an asshole. We'll say it again? I said, and they were right. You are an asshole. Well, yeah. I don't give a shit about being an asshole. I know I'm an asshole. I'm just saying <laughs> video games in general have been scoffed at for so long. And now that it's recognized in, you know, this form of art and storytelling that it is, it's good to see these people making these games and winning these awards. Right. I, I guess I just don't understand why it would bother you that people look down upon you for doing something that you enjoyed 
Who me? It doesn't bother me. I'm just I'm saying that it's it's nice to see just like the example with No Man's Sky. It's good to see where video games were and where they are now, um, and being able to enjoy a, I guess an award ceremony for people who are dedicated to continuing to give me video games. I, I can get behind that. Okay, fair enough. This would be a good time to remind everyone that this level of all up in your kitchen. Brought to you by The High Heel Gamer, the Oprah of the Nerd World. You can catch her on the website at thehighheelgamer.com or live on The Breakdown every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on Facebook. Boom. And what is The Breakdown, you ask? No, you didn't ask? No, I didn't ask. I'm going to tell you anyway. It's a broad look at all things (laughs) comic hero and villain-related news, interviews of actors, writers, and artists of your favorite comic book paraphernalia. Boom, boom. That's all I got, see? Oh, all right. What time is it, Bob? Oh, it's time to name that game. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready to get the right answer and then get overruled. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. (laughs) All right. All right. Correct. Game over. No. All right. This game is a side-scrolling action platformer developed by Rare and published by Milton Bradley Company for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was released in North America in 1990. The plot is as follows. It is the year 2999. Earth is under siege by aliens from the planet Dracon. Using time travel technology, they sent armies to four periods in human history with the intention of altering humankind. The player assumes the role of the adventurer who has until January 1st, 3000 AD, to vanquish the enemy or else he will self-destruct along with the time machine. The game features oblique graphics to simulate 3D terrain. Your character can jump, punch, and use period weapons. The after-mentioned year 3000 deadline is in effect in the game. One day in present time transpires to six seconds, meaning the player has 36 minutes and 30 seconds of gameplay to complete the game, or the game is lost. Gentlemen. Name that game. So you said 1990, and did you say a console? NES. Yes. NES? Yeah. Uh, I had moved on from my NES by 1990. I had definitely moved on, so I'm not sure that it was it for. It was just for the NES, right, Bob? That is right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Lou. I was out of the NES game by 1990. It's. It sounds like a game that I played. I'm sorry, Bob. Did you say that you had a time limit to complete the game? Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. And it was it was a side scrolling, also. You said yes, yes. Side scrolling action platformer game developed by Rare. Wow. Well, that is rare indeed. <laughs> yeah, I'm mm-hmm. a rare fan. I, I don't know 
I, I don't remember the developers of the game because when I was gaming on my NES, I never really, you know, other than the main, like, you know, Capcom and fucking Nintendo, I didn't really look at that shit. I just wanted to try a game and that's it. The, damn. There are, I can't even see. The, o- the only thing that tips me off here is the, is the time limit. To yeah, that be- doesn't sound familiar to me at all. But see, that's the one thing that does sound familiar. Because the, 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 fir- when the, minute, the minute he said that, the first thing that popped into my head was Time Lords. And, but I don't remember if that was a rare game. And I certainly don't know if it was a Milton Bradley game. I only know Milton Bradley from board games. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, Lou... Ugh. I mean, so this Time Lords game you speak of, you had a time limit, so you, you would press start, you would enter the game, it was a side-scrolling beat-em-up or action flap or whatever the fuck you said, and so you had a timer to beat the entire game? There was, it, there, the, the entire game was timed, and okay. you had these little orbs and stuff that you had to cap, you had to catch, I don't remember if extended time or not, but I remember like red orbs or blue orbs um some, some shit like that yeah, listen this is 1990 I, I don't remember what i did yesterday um but i i don't know if i ever finished the game <laughs> but you know what i have no answer because like i said i didn't have a, a nintendo anymore in 1990 so i am going to do something that we don't do much of on this show mm-hmm. so, I am going to wholeheartedly and fully support your answer. But what did you say, Time Lords? Time Lords? Yes, Time Lords is my answer, Bob. Is our answer. All right. Okay. We're, we're going to go with Time Lords. All my right. answer Time Cop. <laughs> All right. So, we'll go with Time Lords. Well, Time Lords is incorrect but time lord is correct but it's close enough I'll give it <laughs> that's funny yeah no see with the s it's a completely different game <laughs> right totally different game <laughs> well, well done lou well done I, good, I job, good job i don't know how the hell i wasn't I sure that, out. that one but that was good that, that was an I'm obscure not- title that i think i rented from blockbuster video <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of that game. So 100% of that credit goes to you, my friend. Nice. Good job. I got money credit. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. Right. Money credit. And at the end of our trip today, you can uh, cash it in for little plastic garbage toys. <laughs> 3,000 money credits will get you a uh, a plastic ring. Can I, can I get right. one of those? Dracula fang. <laughs> yeah. Can I get one of those, Um, the paratroopers? <laughs> with the parachute yeah, on his right. back, <laughs> yeah, the rubber ball. Five thousand money points for the parachute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, and wait. Yeah. If you save up eighty-five billion money points, you can get a PlayStation Five. <laughs> yes. No, that's never gonna happen. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, we've reached the end of this level of All Up In Your Geek. Remember to keep your emails coming to allupinyourgeek at gmail.com. Follow us on all forms of social media at All Up In Your Geek. And in closing, geek up. Yeah. Yeah.